is full of material desires or desire to become one with the Supreme, he should engage in devotional service. In this way, not only will the devotee's desires be fulfilled, but the day will come when he will have no other desire than to serve the lotus feet of the Lord. One who engaged in service of the Lord with some motive is called Asakama Bhakta. And one who serves the Lord without any motive is called Anakama Bhakta. Krishna is so merciful that he turns Asakama Bhakta into Anakama Bhakta. A pure devotee, Anakama Bhakta, who has no material motives, is satisfied simply to serve the lotus feet of the Lord. This is confirmed in Bhagavad Gita 6.22. Jangatva chaparandavam manjate nadikam tata. If one engages in the service of the lotus feet of the Lord, he does not want anything more. This is the highest stage of devotional service. The Lord is so kind even to a Sakama Bhakta, a motivated devotee, that he satisfies his desires in such a way that one day he becomes an Akama Bhakta. Dhruva Maharaj, for example, became a Bhakta with the motive of getting a better kingdom than of his father. But finally he became an Agama Bhakta and said to the Lord, Swamin Kritarto Snivarana My dear Lord, I'm very satisfied simply to serve your daughter's feet. I do not want any material benefits. Sometimes it is found that a small child eats dirty things, but his parents take away the dirty things and offer him a sandesh or some other sweet, sweet meat. The bodies who aspire for material benedictions are compared to such children. The Lord is so kind that He takes away their material desires and give them the highest benediction. Therefore, even for material motives, one should not worship anyone other than the Supreme Personality of God. One, should, one must fully engage himself in the devotional service of the Lord so that all his desires will be fulfilled and at the end he can go back, go back home, back to Godhead. This is explained in Chaitanya Charitamrita Maya 22-27-41 as follows. A devotee might desire something other than service to the lotus feet of the Lord. Jatikare Krishna Vajana, but if he engaged in Lord Krishna's service, 
na Mahitela Krishna Paridena Swacharana. Krishna gives him shelter at his lotus feet, even though he does not aspire for it. Krishna Kave, Lord Krishna says, Amma Vaje, he is engaged in my service, Mage Visaya Sukha, but he wants the benefit of material sense gratification. Amrita Chadi Visaya Mage. Such a devotee is like a person who asks for poison instead of nectar. Eivada Mukta. That is his foreignness. Amivitya. Amivitya. But I am experienced. Eimurke Visaya. Kene Diva. Why should I give such a foolish person the dirty things of material enjoyment? Swacharanamrita. I would better, it would be better for me to give him shelter at my mother's feet. Visaya Budik Bulaiva. I shall cause him to forget all material desires. Kama Nagi Krishna Maji. If one engaged in the service of the Lord <coughs> for sense gratification, by a Krishna Rasi, <coughs> the result is that the, he ultimately gets the, a taste for serving the lotus feet of the Lord. Kama Chadi Dasa, Haite Haya Avilase. He then give, give up all material desires and wants to become an eternal servant of the Lord. Anakina Jaya Yanayana Sudha Kajan Jakshuranjana Dasmai Sri Gurave Namara Mukankarati Matalam Vangungangate Gidin Jakripata Mahamande Sri Guru Dinatarnan Nama Vishupaya Krishna Krishtaya Mutale Srimate Bhaktivedanta Swami Itinamine Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Prajahaide Nirvise Sasunyavadi Paschatya Deshadahaide Vantakadva Tarvyascha Kripashindu Translation again. 
The supreme personality of Godhead fulfills the material desires of a devotee who approaches him with such motives, but he does not bestow benedictions upon the, upon the devotee that will cause him to demand more benedictions again. However, the Lord willingly gives the devotee shelter at his own lotus feet, even though such a person does not aspire for it, and that shelter satisfies all his desires. That is the Supreme Personality's special mercy. But this is very important and special part of God, and this is point of God and emphasizing the caring, loving protection that Krishna is providing to us, his nature, his uh, preference. And Prima Mata, we might read the Tender Nature and read the Mariela, I think it's volume 8, where it's chapter 22. Yeah? When I was trying to prepare for this class, and I was reading this, especially this part of the in the purpose Rabbi is quoting this verse, Nichaitana Charitamrita, when Lord Chaitanya is explaining about the glories of devotion and service. And he's describing the different natures, uh, the different types of devotees, and uh, why, we, for example, we have many desires. And uh, I personally like one text that is previous to what Prabhupada is quoting here, that exemplifies the mood of the Lord. It's describing clearly the mood of the Lord. And um, it's also giving us hope for what we should do. Because uh, the point, main point of this uh, main point of this purpose that Prabhupada is explaining is that everyone who who has different types of desires or no desires can approach or should approach to the Lord, to the Supreme Personality of God and the signs of intelligence. We heard this instruction in different parts of the Vedas, the Shastras, Bhagavad Gita, for example. And Krishna himself is explaining that there are four types of people who approach to him. Those according to the nature of their desires. Those who are afflicted, who else? Approaching to the Lord, who is approaching to the Lord? Inquisitive. Inquisitive. Wise. Wise. Distressed and poor. Distressed and poor. Poor. Distressed is the same, no? Yes. But basically, it's it's a different type of (coughs) different type of people. Is approaching. They are approaching to God. Based on their desire, the nature of their desires, because as we we know that part of our natural 
propensity is to have desires. And Prabhupada nicely explained that we cannot stop having desires. It's part of our natural tendency. Even, even though there are many other philosophies that are uh, propagating that so the main point is to stop desiring, so like uh, Buddhism or other groups that were basically the idea is stop our desires. But in our process, in our society, the emphasis is not in stopping our natural tendency of desires, but it's just dovetailing or channeling those desires in a proper direction. Because it's part of our natural, uh, natural identity, that those desires. So, in that way, for example, Bhavata in the second canto, also, Sukadev Goswami is explaining to Parishin Maharaj, uh, according to different desires, what we should do, whoever is uh, looking for the fulfillment of their desires, they can approach to different dead gods uh, for different specific desires. But Sukadev Goswami said, this text, yes, that we probably presented. Akama Sarva Kamuva, Moksha Kama Udhari, Tiorena Bhakti Yogena, Jaya Param. That is when Sukadeva Sonia very conclusive man said, no point to uh, address or approach to different levels of personalities for specific desires. The best is to approach to the Supreme Personality of God. Because not just He will fulfill all your desires, but He will give you more. And what else is more? In this case, Krishna Himself is said, it's explaining that He's the shepherd of His lotus feet. Because the vision of Krishna is a little is beyond our perception. He has a, the vision of the big picture and he knows clearly what is needed for us. And, but you know, in the conditionally state, we are still bewildered trying to find ways how to satisfy our desires. Many, many of us will experience that uh, tendency um, and also the results of doing it, trying to satisfy our desires in an independent manner or in a no of successful way and we experience disappointments, <coughs> insatisfaction. But it's natural for us to look for that uh, the fulfillment of our desires. So the secret is here that uh, because we can stop desiring, so we need to find the effective way to do it for the fulfilling of our desires. So that is approaching to Krishna. But the question here maybe perhaps like me you 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 ask yourself, actually is Krishna fulfilling our desires? Because here said that uh, Krishna will fulfill all the desires. But at the same time Krishna is saying 
but I do it in a way that you won't desire the same thing again. What that means? Did you ask? Did you question yourself about it? How Krishna does it in a way that um, he will fulfill our desires, but we won't ask it again. According to our nature, according to our tendency, Krishna will do it. But knowing that what actually is better for us, something that will help us to admit our consciousness in a way that we can realize, okay, this is not enough for me, this is not what actually what I'm looking for. And beautifully here is the example of our, our that we studied previous canto of Druva Maharaj by material approaches is a Sarvakama. He wanted a lot of material benefits. He approached Krishna and he did austerities to Pasya. But once he got that opportunity, he didn't want it anymore because he got an experience of something else. What was that something else? Do you know? Higher this, but and what is that higher this? In the direction of the Lord, yeah? yeah. That is it, that is the awakening of our senses. No, in the case of Druva Maharaj, all his senses, his mind was accelerated to the highest level because. To have the darjan of the Lord, you need to have a, a proper senses to appreciate it. With our material senses, it's hard, it's difficult. Sometimes probably, you notice when we even take darjan of the Lord, sometimes we are not able to perceive the transcendental aspect of the Lord. Yeah, we are limited. But we have, we have the possibility to do so. So what, is, what can help us to um, prepare or, or I would say, what will help us to habilitate our sense of perception in order that we can be, we will be able to see the direction of the Lord and it as a presentation of the lotus ring of the Lord with that conviction because we appreciate that. What can help us to develop that ability? It's depending on our self, our behavior, or something else that is there. It's, it is needed for us to reach that level, that ability of perception. Our behavior and something else. What else? It's, it is mercy, and that mercy is presented in many ways. Eh? And in Bhagavatam, here specifically, the glories of this chapter, the Bharata Varsha, is because we have the opportunity. Uh, why Bharata Varsha in this case is special? It's because there is an opportunity to associate with. Saintly prayers and devotees, and that is the mercy of the Lord. 
because it's yes already in Delhi, but we need something. The association of pure devotees, Guru from the from inside Krishna, Chaitanya Guru, and from outside it's the, the means with uh, the spiritual master, saintly devotees. It is the way how we receive the mercy, and in especially in this case, we can take shelter of the lotus feet of the Lord through the association of Vaishnavas, devotees, and of course engage through the association of devotees, we will be able to channel those tales, that tendency of those desires that we have in a proper manner, dovetailing, and that way, uh, what is the way to dovetail our desires, our tendencies, under the guidance of devotees? What is that way? Do we know? Every pure devotee and advanced devotees will tell us the nature of the process, how we can dovetail our tendencies. No? Yes, it's one aspect. Very simple thing that we do every day, or we try to do every day. Think of Krishna. Think of Krishna, yes, it's true. What else? But it has a very big name. Sadhana. Yeah, Sadhana. Yeah, it's included. A little bit more uh, inclusive. That is the way how the advanced devotees and um, Krishna and Har will realize how we can dovetail that tendency that we have to be engaged in devotion and service. And that is the guarantee that will give us the opportunity to not just satisfy or fulfill our desires, but uplift in the quality of our desires. Eventually, as Prabhupada mentioned, developing the Paramatrisual. That means that we will hire tests. And he said, when I was preparing, as I said it was, reading a Vidhichaitanya also it's mentioned how Jiva Goswami established the natural tendency of the living entity to search for happiness, um, because it's part of our identity, um, that is the, for example, he said that um, as a living entity, as a human being, and everybody, even animals, uh, the tendency of trying to be satisfied at the level of animal survival, by human beings, we are searching for happiness. So our desires are oriented on that, searching for happiness. But the experience is insatisfaction because it's not properly dovetailed. And he said that we can, as he was only explain or define happiness as a, the natural propensity of the living entity basing knowledge to engage or searching for the happiness of the Lord. So that is the only way how the living entity can be happy. We are searching to 
being over-desired are oriented basically in getting or aiming for happiness. So, but if we understand who we are as a part and partial of Krishna, naturally, as a consequence of that understanding, we will also act based on that tendency, in that nature, in that constitutional position, and searching for the, what is the function of that part and partial of part and parcel of the Lord, the living entity as a limbs, as a part of the Lord, we will work aiming to satisfy the whole self, the whole self, that means the supreme personality of God, because that is our function. So in that way, if, if we understand that function to be happy is just to look for the satisfaction of the Lord, naturally the happiness in our heart will be expressed. And in that way our interaction with the others will be living entities as well. So that's quite, I personally I found quite important. Uh, we hear many times about this point. We are part and partial of the Lord. It's like a, a water in the roots of all the leaves of the tree would be happy, the branches. The same is an example. But we, we need also to acknowledge that that natural propensity of searching for happiness, uh, it, it shouldn't be suppressed but it just be dovetail searching for the happiness of Krishna. Is that the, the way how Jiva Goswami described in Sandharva about the real happiness or the way to be uh, the only option of real happiness that the living entity can experience that also gives satisfaction. And um, but one of the points that I interested here is, for example, is that Krishna, he understands the desires of the living entities and he tries to satisfy them because he is the source of everything and he is overwhelmed. He always wants us to be happy. So, uh, but he also understands that uh, the nature of our desires not always are the ideal ones of available to ourselves. So in that sense, Krishna is trying to help us a little bit more. And he said that um, if we really understand, if we reach the point to the understanding that my desires are not helping me, I'm looking for things that are not giving me satisfaction uh, on contrary they are giving me a suffering because if we desire for some material um, achievements or objects that has a consequence as well and not always those consequences are favorable with creating suffering so there is a difference between pain and suffering that we experience is something, something that we also need to understand. But Krishna said here, for example, in the Chitanachari Tamrita, as I said, I personally found quite interesting and inspiring 
understanding the nature of the Lord, when we realize that uh, my desires, or the nature of my desires in my conditional state is not helping me, I'm just suffering, but I need to surrender to Krishna. Krishna says, um, yeah, here in the chapter 22nd, the Mahayana text 34, Krishna says, It is my vow that if one only once seriously surrender unto me, saying, My dear Lord, from this I am yours, from this day I am yours, and pray for and praise to me for courage. I shall immediately award courage to that person and he will always remain safe from that time on. If we just have that attitude once, he said, once, just tend that seriously, sincerely surrender to the Lord. Even we are not fully, we don't have that ability, but if we just say to the Lord sincerely, Oh my Lord, I'm surrendering to you, I'm yours. Give me the courage to overcome my challenges, my limitations. Only once. So Krishna will reciprocate. He will encourage us. He will, as he said here, that person will always remain safe from that time on. So that, do you think it's like a, that is encouraging for you? To me it was when I was reading that, oh, wow, just once. Even that I have not the quality or the ability to do it, but if I approach sincerely to the Lord, He will help. And then after this, in, in the text 38, in the same chapter, it's when Krishna said, oh, the desires, the nature of desires of my limitations, those souls, the spiritual souls, it's not so good. Why I have to give them or satisfy those desires? It's like a, they are asking for poison. I'm a well-wisher of the divinity and their father. How can I give them poison or dirty things? I try to fulfill their desires in a different way, he said Krishna. In a way that they will not want any more other material dirty things but they will receive nectar. So Krishna himself is forcingly giving us the opportunity to take shelter at his lotus feet. Even that we don't want. But Krishna is forcingly, lovingly, it's no that force is not violent, it's with lovingly he is giving the opportunity, he giving us the opportunity to Potential there is going to be as a result of being engaged in emotional service. In the beginning, we are not, it's um, the most of us, perhaps some advanced devotees, definitely, but some of us we approach the Krishna with material desires because we are suffering or inquiring for different things, curious uh, or um, just looking for wisdom, but 
actually, it's not like I just want this to surrender my, to you, my Lord, and I'll offer devotion and say, it's very few that do that. But uh, even that our material desires in being are not pure enough, eventually, because the mercy of the Lord, through the association of the devotees, the quality of our desires will change. Our state of consciousness will change. And we are encouraged through the association of devotees to be engaged in devotion and service through this process of bhakti yoga. It is described that it's the most effective yoga process for the uplifting of consciousness. It said that we have four different stages of consciousness of mind. Do you have idea what are those four stages of consciousness? In the beginning it's like a it said that yoga is a process where pasu go become eventually become pasupati. That means pasu is the, the living entity with a mind that is more fixed in, in the gross level of enjoyment, material desires, and like and unlike. Yet the style of consciousness is, for example, in the initial level is manas. Uh, well, according to science, in brain, the mind is in the brain, but through the yoga system, the mind is, uh, is referring more to the state of consciousness. So the basic level is the manas, when we act based on the, act, the nature of our acts and desires and thoughts. It's based on I like, I don't like, I, I feel satisfied in this way. It's more in that level <clears throat> that is managed. Then you become uh, a little bit more like the Hakala level, where uh, I'm the doer, this is mine, and the, the, this is me, and who I am, my, my uh, possessions. That's a little bit more, that's a Hakala level. And the third level is Buddhi level, where it's more. Our acts, desires, and thoughts are based on uh, what is the right thing to do. And the higher level is the chitta level, the level of consciousness where it's described here that Parandristua that Prabhu mentioned, when it's not anymore based on our self centered position, it's based on. Krishna, our real identity, part and partial of Krishna, and the Krishna's happiness as our happiness. And it's, that is the motive for our thoughts, acts, desires. So that is the chitta level. That is the process of bhakti yoga or the yoga process. It's aiming coming from pasu manas to pasupati to Chitta level. Yeah, so, bhakti, the yoga process, is like uh, aiming to that. And bhakti yoga is said that it's effective in that way, but it depends mainly on the quality of association, of Vaishnava association that we have. The nature of our consciousness is compared to the diamond, it's like a crystal a diamond that has the potency to reflect because absorb the nature of the environment. 
So if we uh, are associated in a favorable environment, so we will reflect that. So our consciousness will reflect that. So it's important for us to take responsibility in what is favorable for us and in that way contribute to our consciousness. So we, if we create a favorable environment with, a, for example, appropriate association, uh, the quality of activities or things that are creating a f um, favorable mood for our emotional setting, we will be able to project that to others as well. So that is important principle. And for that is that, for example, the process of bhakti, according to our uh, Sankara, especially Shila Krapa, emphasized that yamas uh, and yamas are principles that we need to follow. And for example, Prabhupada said Bhakti Yoga, for even Prabhupada mentioned that if you just follow four principles and ten Hare Krishna system rounds, I promise, I guarantee you that you will go up to other. Yeah, if you just focus yourself in doing that. But it has a purpose, for example, the four chanting uh, the holy name of them are the most effective process for this age and it's the way how is described in this part of the benefit in Bharata Varsha. Because the association of devotees that is uh, um, describing this uh, part of the uh, chapter gives us the opportunity to engage in uh, the effective process and the effective process for this age is chanting the holy name of the Lord. But for chanting the holy name of the Lord in an effective and appropriate way, we need to create a suitable environment. And for that, for example, Prabhupada mentioned about the four relative principles. But the four relative principles, uh, it's, it's an action that it's, um, it's an external way to express the four main pillars of the spirituality. And do you know about those four main pillars that are supporting our spiritual practice? Mercy, Yes, that's right. It is, yeah, mercy. For example, what the four main principles are supporting each one of these specific principles of spirituality. For example, we don't eat meat because we are aiming to cultivate mercy, no violence, yes? And then we, uh, it's truthfulness, no, sorry, um, cleanliness because we are aiming to cultivate purity. Then what other principle? Gambling. That is because we are aiming to cultivate truth and uh, no intoxication because we are aiming to cultivate austerity, discipline, tapa. Yes. So those <coughs> it's quite important for us to understand these points because if we uh, oriented our activities based in what we are looking for because it's important to know what is the aim 
got these English, the consciousness. Uh, I was listening to a lecture where it helped me to understand a bit more uh, how we can cultivate those principles, spiritual principles in our life, daily life, applying to different aspects of our interactions, services, uh, that will help us to be successful in, in our process, in our practice. For example, the importance of uh, non-violence. It's not just a, a, a cultivate non-violence of mercy because I'm not eating meat. This is one way. But also, uh, for example, that can be applied in a way how I deal with others. Especially, okay, I don't kill animals, or I don't eat meat, I don't kill animals, but how we interact with others, other people, devotees, how we apply the mercy in our loving exchanges with devotees and to ourselves. You see that it's quite important to understand, for example, if we are not violent with ourselves, <clears throat> if, if we are cultivating kindness to ourselves, naturally we will cultivate kindness to our living entities as well. What to say with the bodies that it's quite necessary in our interaction and practicing in our devotional service. Without the bodies association, without a loving exchange among the bodies, we are not we won't be able to progress in our spiritual practice. We can try to endeavor for many lifetimes, many years, and we won't be successful if we are not dealing lovingly, respectfully, with mercy among the bodies. Okay, we are doing with non-animals, but with animals, we don't kill, we don't kill them. But what to say with human beings, what to say with the bodies? Mercy should be applied to them there, and to ourselves as well. Another point is about purity. Purity is quite important. How we describe purity? Um, can you help me to define what what is refer referring when we say purity? What we refer to? Doing activities in the mode of goodness. Doing activities in the mode of goodness. Yeah, what that means, mother goodness? Mm. It's um, eating the foods in the mode of goodness, uh, this, the different qualities mentioned in Bhagavad Gita are the mode of goodness. That 
ability to discriminate that is favorable and spirity, but to be loyal to our true nature. And we will always aim for what is our true nature that means to, towards Krishna because we are not existing independent from Krishna. If we are part and parcel of Krishna, if we really focus in that understanding, so we will always aim to connect with Krishna in that, that ability to discriminate what will help me to connect with Krishna according to my true nature, is purity. That's a new dimension for me. I was also impressed in a way of oh, Krishna, quite interesting way. And it's, it, it makes sense in the sense that it's always connected to Krishna understanding my real identity. Because we have the tendency to create stories about ourselves. For example, we create uh, stories based on who we understand who we are, like uh, the hunger aspect. False understanding, designations based in our social bringing influence of society that creates suffering to ourselves because it's not our true nature. Doesn't mean we have to, um, to avoid that, but we need to discriminate what is that aspect, that history created by our mind and who we are. We need to deal with that because it's part of our having the body, physical body, because it's part of uh, that something that we need to learn to deal with as a tool. But if we differentiate that aspect from who we are ourselves, really just separate that, that will help us to even avoid to experience suffering that is based in the, those aspects of destinations of the body that the mind creates. In the beginning, I was explaining, I was mentioning that there is a difference between pain and suffering. He said that pain is part of our life experience, part of this material world that we cannot avoid. Because in this material world is created with those at the logical pleasure, at the dynamical pleasure, at the atomic pleasure. Yes, it's something that we need to understand that it would be there always. As the Bhagavad Gita Krishna said, look, Krishna instructions to Arjuna and said, you have to maintain every pose and those changes. Because it's part of the life experience. But suffering is how the mind interprets the pain. So if we understand that difference, so we will be able to deal with that suffering that the mind creates. So understanding that that's something different from myself. So it's quite important point as well. And another principle about uh, the um, we were talking about purity, about truthfulness, about discipline, for example. He said that discipline is on top of austerity that we are trying to cultivate by, for example, non-intoxication in this case. But it's also, beyond that, it's 
the other man. So it's, it has it's a process. Because uh, as it describes Sudanam, a pure chanting of the holy name of the Lord requires a proper state of consciousness. The discipline of the mind focuses only in that way. If we are able to chant the holy name in that state of mind, definitely nothing else is needed. But to reach that level of chanting, we need some aids to help us to reach that state of consciousness, that ability, because otherwise our uh, baggage from previous life, of this lifetime, uh, our conditionings, our um, bad qualities and uh, material desires will hinder us to chant the, the holy name of the Lord properly. So in that way, for example, yes, we need to address some things to facilitate ideally chanting the holy name of the Lord. And of course, be engaged in the original service in a pure way. So for that, for example, how to address those uh, favorable things or non-favorable things, it's under the guidance of devotees what is appropriate for us according to our circumstances and uh, what works for us. It's something very personalized because each one of us has different needs, different level of conditioning. So it's important of having guidance for that and then to see what works on you. That's called constant, constant evaluation, constant assessment, how I'm doing. It, it, one of the things that I personally found important is that we need to take charge of responsibility of the quality of our practice. If we are more mindful about how I'm practicing the process, if we analyze ourselves constantly what's happening with me and sincerely, Krishna will give us also the ability for that. But it's very important to take responsibility in how I'm practicing the process. Then in that way, we will be more proactive to overcome those hindrances that are not facilitating the ideal chanting, the ideal performance of devotional service. That is my understanding. Did that answer your question, Anthony? Okay, any other question? Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.